You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, here with the middle installment of this trilogy of podcasts, kind of recapping the Blue Jays offseason so far. We're going to call it the GOT trilogy, because the first episode was, you know, who they got. We talked about Chase Anderson and Anthony Bass. This episode is going to be who they could have got, or get got. Who could get got? I'm I'm still playing that out in my head. I know the grammar's not going to work, but this is where we're going to talk about people who the Jays have been linked to and rumors around them. And then, of course, the final episode is going to be who they don't got, players that have left. So we're going to be focusing on a couple different rumors and... um. They're not really the pitching rumors. Like, we, of course, the Blue Jays have checked in on Jake Odorizzi, but everyone's checking in on Jake Odorizzi because not everyone can afford Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg, so you might as well check in on Jake Odorizzi instead. So that's not news. The Blue Jays wouldn't be doing their jobs if they didn't check in on Jake Odorizzi. Instead, I want to focus on a couple other moves that have popped up and we're gonna start in the outfield because this is something that again when I was on Jason Couch Radio last week this is something that came up and you might have actually heard that one because it was later in the podcast when my volume kind of went down but anyway um no at at this point last week the Blue Jays were being linked to Japanese outfielder um, Yoshitomo Susugo, who is being posted uh, by his club, the Yokohama Bay Stars. Now, in addition to that, since then, the Blue Jays have also been linked to outfielder Shogo Akiyama, who is a center fielder who's actually a free agent. He played with the Cebu Lions last season. So there there are pros and cons to both of them, and we're going to go over them here. But let's start with Susugo, who, again, uh, we talked about before when Scott Mitchell uh, tweeted out that there was interest in him. Um said the Blue Jays wouldn't be a favorite for his services, but he is the perfect candidate for the Blue Jays in being a guy who is is 28 years old. He's a lefty slugger. Um, he plays he plays the outfield. He plays left field. He plays uh, third base. And he plays first base. So he offers a lot of versatility. Almost the same amount of versatility that Brandon Drury offers. Which, I mean, if you got Susugo, then you don't have to keep Drury. Which some people will tell you is a massive upside for signing Susugo. However, there are, there are downsides to that. One, again, you're wondering if Susugo will actually sign with the Blue Jays. I mean... 
Granted, the path to a starting job in the majors is a lot easier on Toronto, but as we've seen in the past with these players coming over from Japan, they usually don't stray too far from the West Coast unless they're going to New York or Chicago, one of those major hubs. Um, you look in recent years, guys like Shohei Otani going to L.A., uh, Kenta Maeda going to the Dodgers, Yusei Kikuchi staying in Seattle. There's a level of comfort there that I'm not sure is well known to be offered in Toronto, which doesn't make a lot of sense given how multicultural Toronto is. But, you know, again, it's it's a level of comfort coming over there. So Suzuko may be more inclined to stay on the West Coast, and he has options there. He could go to Seattle, like many of his countrymen before him. Um, he could go to the Angels, where they do have an opening with the release of Cole Calhoun. Or you know, go go to an Oakland team that's been competitive. There there are a lot of options for him. But then a second one to be concerned about with Susugo is you wonder if he's not already on the downslope of his career. He's coming off a 272 season with the base stars. That's the lowest batting average he's had since becoming a regular in uh, Nippon professional baseball. He had 29 home runs, 79 RBIs, but again, that RBI total is also the lowest. And you have to wonder how that's going to translate in America. Um, that, that's been the knock on a lot of professional baseball players coming over from Japan, in that really, if your name's not Matsui, there's not a a track record of success to go with there. You look at guys like Kosuke Fukudome, who, who come over, um, Suyoshi Shinjo, um, Akinori Uemura, who did win a World Series, but then went back over immediately. Um, these these guys come over and they're expected to do better, and they, they just don't have the ability to do that. And you wonder if Susugo can, can kind of break that trend. Now, there are a couple of sample sizes with Susugo against... Um, North American pitching. One of them came in the 2017 World Cup where he was actually the MVP of Group B in the opening stages, but um, the the competition in Group B wasn't, you know, didn't really offer the full extent of, you know, competitive baseball. I mean, when you look at who Japan beat in that group, they played Cuba, Australia, and China. So China's not really going to offer anything. Cuba's only using domestic players. Australia may be the best option to showcase what Susugo could do. And he did hit a home run in that game. But that also came off of a guy named John Kennedy, who never made it to Major League Baseball. Or, well, hasn't yet. He pitched, uh, he, he's in Atlanta's organization, or at least he was last season. So, I don't know, I guess there's still hope for John Kennedy, but I'm not holding my breath. So... The only other real instance we have of Susugo dealing with North American baseball was when he played in the Dominican Winter League in 2015. And in 10 games, he only hit 206. He didn't hit a home run. Um, his OPS was 590. 
So you look at those two instances and you, there are sincere doubts on whether or not he will translate immediately over to Major League Baseball. Now, when you look at a guy like Shogo Akiyama, there are some advantages to him in that you're not paying a posting fee. Um, Susugo was posted by Yokohama. Um, Akiyama is actually a free agent, so he can just come over immediately. Akiyama has a longer track record. He's hit over 300 in four of the last five seasons for Cebu. And, you know, playing center field, obviously a lot more attractive than if you just have to stick someone in the corner outfield. And, and you know, we've seen the Blue Jays. Um, once Kevin Pillar departed, they were trotting out Teoscar, trotting out Randall Gritchuk, using Jonathan Davis. Um, they're, they could do better. Let's say that. And Akiyama has been very durable. He's only missed one game in each of the last five seasons. Um, has a career batting average of 301 in Nippon baseball. Um, hit 20 home runs in each of the last three seasons. Um, can steal bases, which is nice. He's had at least 10 stolen bases in every single season aside from his rookie campaign. So he offers that element as well. The thing is, Akiyama will be 32 once he comes over to North America. And, you know, if you're saying guys like Marcus Stroman are fitting in your competitive window, then can you really look at look at the public and say, yeah, Shogo Akiyama is key for the future? Um, he, He's also a lefty bat, so that, that kind of helps as well. So if the Blue Jays don't think they can get a guy like Susugo, going after Akiyama instead where the competitive... The competition really isn't there. The only other team that's been linked to him so far is Arizona. And, I mean, if Arizona can convince him he's going to play in that crowded outfield, then I guess good luck. So, again, it's going to be that selling point of of having the playing time, of having that option there to try and draw these guys in and try and get people in the outfield who make it so you don't have to play Teoscar Hernandez out there every day. So you don't have to be trotting out the Derek Fishers of the world. And, um, and, and we'll actually talk about where there's, there may be an opening in the outfield. Cause it's, it's kind of silly to me, but that will come right after this break. You are locked on blue Jays. Your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we return. So, I didn't really give a verdict who I prepared Akiyama or Susugo. Honestly, I don't think it's going to matter, but I think the Blue Jays have a better chance of signing Akiyama to a to a team-friendly deal. So, Akiyama's probably who I would go after. Let someone else pay for Susugo. Um, the other rumor that emerged relatively recently and kind of baffled me a little bit. But when you take it into the grand picture, I mean, sure, I guess it kind of makes sense. But um, I'm recording this very early on Thursday. It's like quarter after 2 a.m. But um, Marley Rivera of ESPN noted that the Blue Jays have met with Yasmani Grandal, who exercises the option to become a free agent 
after a pretty good season with Milwaukee where he hit 28 home runs. He only batted 246, but, you know, you get 28 home runs out of your catcher, you're doing all right. Now, the thing with the Blue Jays is that you're going, wait a minute, they have Danny Jansen, they have Reese McGuire, why are they looking at catchers? Well, it became known that Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire are both available in trade if the Blue Jays can get pitching for them. In addition to Lourdes Gurriel Jr., that's how desperate the Blue Jays are to try and get pitching without having to go the free agency route that they're offering these guys who you think would be a part of their core going forward, but they're willing to offer them. Now, granted, it makes a lot more sense trading one of Jansen or McGuire as opposed to Lourdes Gurriel, which, I mean, with with all the question marks in the outfield, you would have thought Lourdes Gurriel was an exclamation point. But the Blue Jays are exploring a lot of options in trying to rectify how horrid the pitching was last season. And if you do end up trading Jansen or McGuire, then yeah, you're going to need a, another catcher. And it's it's been made abundantly clear that Luke Maley has to be updating his resume. Because if they're talking to Grandal, that's, that's no chance for Luke Maley at all. So... You know, again, you know, try and latch on with Miami or something. But if the Blue Jays are looking at guys like Rendall, that could speak to them maybe seeing their window opening a little sooner than they thought, given Rendall is another guy who's going to be 31-32 at the beginning of the season. And you look at that wondering when the the window's going to open. He's going to be 31. He actually just turned 31 this month. But, you know, um, looking at bringing in another guy um, with that Cuban connection with Guriel, which makes trading Guriel seem even more curious, it, it does, you know, kind of open that window to the Blue Jays being, you know, trying to improve their team in any way possible. But at the same time, it's just a meeting. And again, you can you can meet with everyone you want. And you can say you're meeting with them like, yeah, we, we had a meeting. If it, even if it's just like 10 minutes next to him at the bar, that's a meeting. But it often does not lead to anything. I mean, they... The news came out, they've also discussed Mike Moustakis internally. Where's he going to play? I don't know. They're going to stick him at first? They're just going to keep shuttling around around the infield after he moved to second? Maybe they move Kevin Biggio to first? I don't know. But these are the things they're talking about. They're, they're looking at every option to try and improve the team. And when you have a team like the Blue Jays that don't have a lot of payroll committed, that have these younger guys that are going to be locked into cheaper deals for a couple of seasons, then that does allow them to get creative and just try and find guys who are willing to come in and try and improve this team. Because it's clear there are some pieces that, that are worth building upon. It's just a matter of actually finding the correct support pieces that bring them in and you know again admittedly it it seems odd to be focusing on bats but um 
Shapiro and Atkins seem clear they want to build the pitching staff through trades. They don't want to pay out for someone unless it's a guy with a proven track record like Odorizzi. They don't want to be going for for the Alex Woods, for the Zach Wheelers, who are going to command high price tags over longer terms. So it's, I guess it's reassuring that they're going whatever route they can to improve this team. But at the same time, they they can't lose sight of what they're trying to do, which is build a team that's going to be competitive for years to come, not just 2020. So that will remain to be seen what they do. Anyway, if there are more rumors and they're actually more substantial than the Blue Jays met with someone, then we will be talking about it here on Locked On Blue Jays and make sure you are subscribed to this podcast, whether it be on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever you get podcasts, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode of what we are talking about. And, you know, follow me on Twitter if uh, if you have a question or anything like that. I actually got a couple questions during this podcast session. So maybe addressing them in tomorrow's episode. If you want to get in on it, Follow me at A underscore J underscore Andrews on Twitter. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Duh. And follow the podcast while you're there at Locked on Jays. You can do so on Instagram and Facebook as well. And yeah, it's it, it seems like they're going to do a lot. But, you know. The, the proof will be whoever signs on the dotted line for Toronto. And when that happens, we will be here talking about it for all y'all's benefit. So for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and for everyone at jasonacouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And y'all take care. 